0: Welcome to the Coached Success Podcast. This podcast is aimed at connecting you with the ways top performers think about challenges so that you can adapt your thinking accordingly and live your version of ultra-extraordinary. So today on the call, we have Joe Laboskachne. Joe, how are you doing?
1: I'm very well, thanks. And yourself?
0: Um, excellent. Happy 2021 to you. Um, I hope you had a great start to your year. Um,
1: yeah, happy 20, 2021 to you as yeah. well.
0: Um, thanks for agreeing to be on the podcast and to speak about your journey and the mission that you're currently with, um, busy with. Joe, do you want to tell us who is Joe?
1: Um, Joe is a teacher I'm originally from South Africa. Um, I was born and raised in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. I then moved to, moved to Durban, South Africa, and then from Durban, I came overseas. So I'm currently in Nigeria. I'm a headmaster of a school in Nigeria, um, but I've been all over the world. I'm doing various things all over the world. Started in the UK, Central Asia, places like Kyrgyzstan, Azerbaijan, and yeah, like I said, back to Africa, the place I love, and I'm working in Nigeria. That, in a nutshell, is Joe. Um, it's always honorable
0: to be involved in educating the future generations. So, well done on that. Joe, do you want to tell me what made you decide to get involved in teaching?
1: Um, <laughs> it's going to be a funny story or interesting story. But I originally, um, being South African, I wanted to be, and people who speak Afrikaans will understand this, I wanted to be a duemani, mm-hmm. uh, a pre minister. And um, I, I worked, I got... Um, provisionally accepted at at University of Pretoria and I was heading towards theology as a a career and then in in November the 28th of November unfortunately my father passed away and it changed things so he died on the Monday and I had two exams the Tuesday and the Wednesday now my father's attitude was always if you start something you finish it you don't stop halfway um, you finish it. So I wanted to finish my exams. True, true, what my father taught me, I wanted to finish my exams. Um, unfortunately, I failed both of them miserably. So it was a math exam and a biology exam. And I didn't get exemption to, to go to university to, to do theology. But because of my sport, I was a relatively good high jumper in South Africa. And because of my sport, I got contacted by the teaching university saying, we would offer you a bursary to come and study education teaching, and 26 years later, this is where I find myself in education.
0: Okay, and have you ever decided to um, go back into obviously uh, being a dominie or, or priesthood?
1: Or, or... No, not really, because you know what? If 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 I'm a priest or a dominie, I I I'm there to affect people's lives, to 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 help people or to. Spiritually help people, but as a as a teacher, I feel I reach the youth, and I can I can shape and mold, and I can have the same impact on the youth. So I find I find that I've actually, yeah, I've 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 done what was meant, what, what mm-hmm. I was meant to do. So I'm still affecting someone's lives, and yeah, now I'm I'm happy with what I'm doing. I'm happy seeing children. Like I said, I've been in education twenty six years. And I've now got kids that I taught when they were 10. They are now young adults and telling me what they are achieving and some of them chefs and doctors and lawyers. And you think, wow, I taught you as a little naughty year four or year five. So I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I've never been tempted to change it.
0: Okay, and that's really awesome. It shows that sometimes we have our whole life planned out or mapped out and then we never know where, where it could lead us to. But ultimately it's all about still reaching the overall objective which was to impact others even if even yeah. if it is in a different shape and form so yeah, well done no and still doing that mm-hmm. and then speak to me a bit about your your athletics because you said you were quite good at high jump, high jump earlier on
1: yeah i started i started when i was i think eight or nine i started in high jump just it's something that appealed to me and i seemed to be good at it um i reached south african championships um i had a personal best of 2.15 um and i did quite well and then i started picking up knee problems because high jump is quite an intense sport on your knees and because of my takeoff knee i was taking off from the left side so planting my right foot so in the end my knee just got all messed up Mm -hmm. um i had a knee surgery and after that things were just not the same and then, like all good South Africans, we changed our sports and I started rugby. And that just, yeah, that just went from there. So I jump, yes, I enjoyed it. It was it was pretty intense. It was something that I achieved well in. Um, but yeah, again, we have our future plans. We want to do the Olympics and we want to achieve this, that, but there's always someone else that has a better plan for us. And yeah. I'm not. I'm not sad that it all went wrong. It it was good. It was good when it lasted.
0: <laughs> okay. And tell me. So you had aspirations to do it professionally um, as a career, or was it just something that you you enjoy doing during that season of your life?
1: I think as 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 South Africans at that point in life, we could never do that as a career because there was no money in it. So I would always had to do something else. So I was doing it. I, like I said to you. During my, my studies, I was training in the morning, then finishing my day at university, then going back in the evening. Um, and I was just competing weekends. Um, sometimes when the university gave me time off, I could compete during the week. But also we were going through that funny stage in South African history where there were sanctions so we could never compete overseas. So we were, very, we were competing in, internally, but really I wouldn't go that far. So I knew that would never make me a living. Um, But it was, like I said, it was good while it lasted. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the um, competition parts of it. And yeah, uh, I achieved in it. Um, But yeah, it it had to end.
0: Okay. And do you think if if things were different, given given it being a different time or year in South Africa, um, where there weren't any sanctions placed on you um, or in sport, do you think that it could possibly have been something that you could have committed to and seen a future in?
1: Definitely. definitely. I think with the international exposure, it would have made a difference. Um, like I said, my personal best was two one five, which was two centimeters off Olympic qualifying. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was close to where I wanted to be. Um, so yes, I definitely would have seen a future in it, but that's, that's life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Joe, tell me a bit about where your passion to help others stems from. Because obviously you said initially you wanted to go in um, and become a dominie, a pastor to help others. Um, and now you're obviously as a headmaster, you're still helping others, impacting others. Where do you think this passion stems from?
1: I think, I think this started, this started again in the church. Um, it started when I was 17. It was my final year of, of school. Um, we were sitting in church, the whole family, you know, the, the Sunday thing, the whole family goes to church mm-hmm. and and, and then it's a, it's a Sunday, then Sunday lunch afterwards and it's a big day on a Sunday. Anyway, we were sitting in church and the, the priest, the Germany at that point said there was an orphanage in Middleburg that, that was struggling. And they are going to gonna have to close and they don't know what's going to happen to the children because they don't have money anymore. Um, and I thought, but I can do something. I can, I can actually, if I put my mind to it, I can maybe help. And I, I kind of roped in my grandfather to drive the car. And I decided I am going to run from our church in Kibla Park in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. Or outside of Johannesburg. So I'm going to run from Kibla Park to Middleburg. It took me about four days and it was 270 kilometers. And I'm not going to lie to you. It was the hardest thing at that age of my life. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I found myself sitting under a bridge crying because it was just... <laughs> It was just too much for me. I know it was raining, I was sitting under the bridge and Granddad was doing his best to try and encourage me. And I think from then it all just snowballed a bit. Um, I liked the end for me, the, the finish, when I ran into the orphanage grounds and all the children and all the people there and then spending a couple of days with them. I just thought, you know what, this is amazing. And that feeling then brought me on to the next one and the next one. And like I said to you, I just snowballed from there that I kind of just like doing it. And I, I get an immense satisfaction from the feeling I get when it's done. Not necessarily when I'm going through it. It's hard. It's always difficult. But the end is always for me where I want to be and, and that, that sense of achievement of, of I don't know how you can, how I can explain it. Sense of accomplishment. I've done something for someone else. That that kind of is nice.
0: Okay. Two important things you mentioned, mentioned there. Uh, first of all, I like the fact that you said um, it was difficult. It was difficult and you have to obviously face the resistance when you're pushing through it. But on the other side of it is where you actually discovered that the achievement is so much more um, sweet um, when you're actually able to, Cross the finish line, even though you it was uncomfortable, you were facing the thoughts in your mind that maybe I should give up, I'm sitting under the bridge, uh, maybe I should just catch a ride home with my granddad. So all these things, but sticking to it and following through, now that is the important part. And they actually derive that sense of satisfaction and achievement, knowing that, you know what, I pushed hard, even though it was really, really difficult. The second thing I want to touch on is, um, how did you actually come to... Come to come to get the idea that this is something you want to do. Decide to run two hundred and seventy kilometers as a seventy seventeen year old.
1: Um, I think because of of sport, because of of something I've always done. I thought physical ability. I'm mm-hmm. I, I can. I don't have the money in my pocket my, my family obviously didn't have the money we weren't we weren't we weren't rich we were we were in a middle class type family um, father worked mother was a housewife so we didn't have the money um, and i thought the only way of me to do that is by using my physical ability so by doing high jump that's not going to really raise money so i thought about charity runs at school you always do the charity runs uh, the fun runs and people make money and i thought, mm, if I just extend that and I do it on my own, running from place to place, maybe I can make money as well. And in the end, yes, we, we did pretty well. And I think they're still running today, the orphanage, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I haven't, I haven't visited in a while. So I just thought, yes, using physical ability, using, using what I know um, to make a difference. And, and that's what I'm doing up until today, again, not not a rich man at all, but, but I use what God has given me, my, my, my talents, my, mm-hmm. my ability to run, my ability, I think the ability to, like you just said, to endure when things are yes. hard and when you just want to quit, that ability to say, no, I'm going to just push through and I'm not going to listen to this little voice in my head. I'm going to get to the end. So yeah, I think, I think that's why, that's what, what just drives me a lot of the time.
0: Okay. Um, now, obviously, I get that you said that um, you initially became interested in helping this charity when you were around about 17, when you heard about it in church. But as a teenager, I'm just thinking of a typical teenager. Usually, it's very difficult um, to be moved into doing something like that, unless we had already developed a level of compassion towards other, other beings, which is very rare as a teenager. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, because we're very, we're very into ourselves and me, me, me as a teenager. So tell me a bit about where do you think you also started to develop this level of compassion, compassion for other human beings growing up?
1: That's a difficult one because it is, it's something that's in, in our, I think, I think we're born that way or maybe we're raised that way because it's always just been a thing for me. If I see mm-hmm. someone begging, "I want to always give," if i and that that's been like that as a as a child, uh, people coming knocking at the door asking for food or for clothes, I would always try and give. Um, so I think it's just something built in us mm-hmm. and maybe maybe the way I was raised by my mother and father um, but it's not it's not it's not a conscious thought that I'm always thinking, "Oh, I have to help it's just I want to. It's it's a yes. natural thing. So that's why it's, it's a difficult one to answer because I don't really know where it comes from. It's just always been there. Um, and it's true. It's true, like you say. Um, we're very egocentrical as, as, as teenagers and partying with the friends and having a good life is much easier than running 270 kilometers for exactly. someone that is never going to give you anything in return. But still, I wanted to do that rather than the other part, and like I said, maybe it's, it's something inside of us.
0: Um, so that's really awesome that you said, like from a young age, you were always trying to just go the extra mile for other people, or to run the extra kilometer for, that, for other people. <laughs> okay, yeah. and, and then Joe, so um, there was, so you spoke about how you obviously, the ability to endure has been really powerful to you as an individual, um, and you've, you've developed that in, in obviously in sport, um, with your running, now, tell me how that is translated into other parts of your, of your life or career.
1: I think, I think it translates because if you, can, if you can run 270 kilometers or in some cases, I, I, in some cases, swum 20 kilometers or cycled 100, 200 kilometers, I think in, in a work environment or in a work setting, I think it's pretty easy as well to be very determined to first of all be very enthusiastic in what you are doing to be very meticulous in your in your planning and then to be very focused or driven to get an end result i think i think it translates very well and i think that's in a way partly why i have achieved to the to the position i have achieved now as headmaster um because yeah that's that's the work ethic it's not just I'm just, a, I'm just a teacher and I'm just going to leave it there. I, I'm not going to do anything extra. It is, I'm pushing myself constantly to to learn, to achieve, to to achieve not the best for myself necessarily, but for now, yeah, now the position I'm in, to achieve the best for the school, to have the school known as the best school in Nigeria, to have the, the, the staff all well qualified and continuously develop them as well. So I think, yeah, it, it, it's very... It gives me the, the, the strategies to, even when it comes to difficult parents, to not, not throw in the towel, but to, yeah, push through. You know there's going to be a resolution. Push, push through.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. We, obviously, we spoke about where your passion stems from and your ability to endure challenges and difficulties um, in order to help other people. Um, now, can you tell us a bit about how you are now using that in your life,
1: today in the sense of outside of school i still continue my you know i still continue my my charity work so um Mm -hmm. i find a way every school holiday the nice thing about a teacher is we get ample school holidays Mm -hmm. so i use my school holidays to do other charitable things to support people um one of the things i've done in the past um i tried to run through africa so i ran through egypt i ran through sudan I got into Ethiopia, and then I picked up some stress fractures. And because of the stress fractures, being me, I ignored the doctor the first time, and I continued. And then the stress fractures, I picked up two more stress fractures, and they refused to let me go. They put my leg in a a cast. So my goal now, I was going to run from Cairo to Cape Town. uh, Ten countries, twelve thousand kilometers for charity, for um, education and water. For African children, education, and water. Um, I finished in Ethiopia and then I decided, you know what, instead of just doing the 10 countries, in my lifetime, I'm going to do all 50 to 54 countries in Africa. Okay. So I've, done, I've done two, I've got 52 to go. Um, and what I'll do, what I'm doing now is every holiday, I pick a country and I either run it or cycle it, depending on the size of it, depending on how much time I've got. So, I still outside of work, I'm still into the charity thing, so I'm still trying to yeah, trying to change people's lives, trying to make people's lives better um, it's a it's yeah it's it's not always easy because you sometimes you have this goal of of what you want to achieve, helping people, but it's not always that achievable, and you you don't know. How long after you've done it or how long after you've left it will still continue. So I've always got these thoughts in my head. But yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm still doing now outside of work. I'm still trying to continue, not giving up yet.
0: I like that. Um and obviously it's a really daring goal that you said initially that you said to Um, Run Africa. (laughs) Um, I can just imagine running it is crazy. Um, But then also the fact that you just said now that you plan to run each and every country in Africa, that's also amazing. And um, you dedicating your downtime um, outside of work, like you said, your holidays, vacation, to actually go and try to raise funds for other people or raise awareness um, of the living conditions or the challenges that they are facing. That's really admirable. And... I really admire that. And I would like to say thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, because putting yourself through that for others, it uh, shows the type of person you are. And then I, I know that you are currently doing a cycle as well. Do you want to tell us a bit about the cycle that you're currently doing?
1: Yeah, I'm on, on in February, the 13th to the 16th of February. I'm going to cycle from Abuja to Lagos um, in Nigeria so that I can take Nigeria off my list of countries as well. Um, I am doing that for orphans, to give orphans access to um, sporting equipment so that they can also stay healthy and do sport. Um, Especially in Nigeria, there is a lot of orphans, um, and the orphanages give children the basics. They give them food, they give them a place to stay, they give them some education, but they don't necessarily give them a pair of running shoes or a t-shirt and a pair of shorts and do sports with them. So I want to highlight the fact that the importance of sport for a healthy lifestyle, the importance of sport for children for, for proper development, and also then give them sporting equipment so that, then, so that they can then take part in sport. So I'm doing the four day cycle. it's a 705 kilometers, so I'm doing around about 200 kilometers a day. Um, and a half four days i i'll cycle about 200 kilometers a day um and it's to raise awareness and then to raise donations um i'm working with a sports shop here in in abuja um, and they also take physical donations so if someone has children at home and they've outgrown their their trainers or their running shoes they're in England, they call it trainers. We call it tackies <laughs> Other places call it running shoes. It's confusing which term to use. Anyway, so if they have kids that have grown sports equipment, they can also take it to the sports store. The sports store will then give them a ten percent discount, and this will then go into our donations box, whatever, for us then to take to orphanages. So that's what I'm currently planning. Um, I've got a month to go, and then I then I get on my bike and I start riding.
0: Okay. Um... Once again, a really admirable goal. And I wish you all the best with that. And then, Joe, where can people find you online to connect with you or whether they also would like to share any types of donations with you?
1: Okay, I'm on Run Lappies on Instagram. So at run underscore L-A-P-P-I-E-S. Um, and they can contact me through that. The, the sports store I'm working with, with is Tribe Sports Store. So, at Tribe Sports Store, also on Instagram, and um, people will see it on my feed. They can contact us directly and they can donate towards us, or we'll give them account details, or they can do the clothes if they're here, or whatever way. Um, so they can support us that way. Um, I'm also on YouTube where I put, where I'll put out the, the content. So if I run through a country, I've not just done African countries. I recently, not recently, two years ago, I ran through Kyrgyzstan and Central Asia. And I did that for, for something else, for heart disease. But... Um, People can see a lot of that content as well. So when I run, I video daily and I do do the, the, video, the video blogs or the vlogs so that people can see what I'm going through, experience kind of the, the ups and downs. Because you'll see some, some of the days, yeah, of course, your body's sore, your mind is tired, um, you don't want to smile for the camera. And then you are honest with people, brutally honest about how you feel. So people can also find me on YouTube. There I'm under Run Lapis Run. Um, and yeah, this is how we, they can share the journey and support if, if, if they wish to, even if people just share what I'm trying to achieve, that already makes a difference because I reach so many people through that.
0: Yes, I agree. Um, I'll definitely put the links up in the description as well. Um, and then Joe, do you want to tell me a bit about how, obviously being the type of person you are always trying to help others? Um, how do you think that has contributed to you? And your perspective when you are facing your own challenges in life?
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I, I always try and you're asking me difficult questions. Um, I, always, I always try and be positive and always have a positive outlook about, uh, about whatever challenges I'm facing. That it is there for a reason and I have to overcome it. I see it as a, a hurdle rather than a war or a stumbling block or whatever. So I have to get over it and it's there for a reason. It's there to either make me grow or test me or, 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 yeah, improve me. So I'm always trying to be very positive about it. It never gets me down in the dumps and, and all, all um, disheartened. I kind of am positive about things. So, so I think with all the hard runs and swims and whatever I'm doing, this has helped me in my personal life as well. I know as a, as a younger person, I think I got down a lot. And I mm-hmm. think through these challenges, I've learned that no, it's not there to bring you down. It is there to test you. It's there to, to see your, your strength through, through it. So I think that, that's, that's what all of these challenges have helped me with my personal life, yes.
0: Challenging yourself on a consistent basis, helps you when it comes to life's challenges because then you are conditioned to face the difficult times like you mentioned earlier. And then um, Joe has a concluding question. Tell me, tell me. Um, so you've worked with various organizations, like you said, trying to raise funds for them, or donations, um, or awareness. Tell me what is the biggest takeaway that you've learned through working with these various organizations?
1: Ooh, I don't know. There's so, many, there's so many different things that come out of all of this. Um, I think working with these organizations, I think the biggest thing is everyone wants to help every, everyone that I work with is there for improving people's lives for, for making positive change. I would say, yeah, that, that's the one thing I would take out of it is they are there to make a difference. They're definitely there to improve lives.
0: Okay. Um, Joe, I'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your day to sit down and chat to me about your journey. Um, and basically your mission to help not only inspire people through, through your career, but also go out there and face the difficulties in order to raise awareness for people who are suffering or struggling. So thank you for that.
1: Thank you very much for, for speaking to me and letting me tell my story. It's always nice to share it with people. And hopefully people out there will take it on board and, and do a similar thing. Hopefully I'll encourage people to, to make a difference in someone else's life and that's, that's always a good thing. It's always the positive that comes out of this. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you, Joe. Me.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. This is a weekly podcast. So tune in every Monday to get your dose of inspiration that will help guide you in designing your version of an extraordinary life. This is Kyle Daniels wishing you an amazing day, stay winning.